That really is the power of telling a great story. And it's wonderful around a campfire and it's wonderful at the bar with some mates, but it's also super powerful in your marketing as a business owner because you want your prospects, your readers, your viewers to be in that moment with you. You want them to engage. You want them to see themselves as the customer, the the prospect, the person that you can help transform. Thank you for listening. This is Brett Trainer, your host for Hardwired for Growth, a podcast where we strive to help entrepreneurs and business owners not only grow their businesses, but scale them. We do this by having conversations with industry experts and the founders who have successfully scaled their own businesses. The voice you heard a moment ago is that of Joe Johnson, aka the content coach. Joe's motto is to turn entrepreneurs and business owners from experts to thought leaders one story at a time. She raises the visibility of entrepreneurs and small business owners through the using the art of storytelling. This is a really interesting and compelling conversation that can really help businesses of any size. I'm a huge believer of storytelling and trying to better incorporate into my podcast as well. The questions we answer today are why storytelling can be a real competitive differentiator for entrepreneurs, why human beings are hardwired to react and relate to stories, how Nike and Apple were built on storytelling, why congruency is critical for the authenticity of your brand, and there's so much more. Now, onto the intro. Welcome back. You're listening to Hardwired for Growth, a podcast dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and business owners who are looking for sustainable and scalable growth strategies, led by your host, Brett Trainer. Hi, Joe. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me, Brett. Glad to be here. Oh, it's definitely my pleasure. And it's always good to add some international flavor to the podcast. And you're in Melbourne. I should assume that. Yes, I am. Well, I'm actually about an hour outside of Melbourne uh, in a place called the Mornington Peninsula, which is a little bit like perhaps the Napa Valley. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, really beautiful wine growing region, but we're, it's also quite a narrow peninsula. So we're flanked by a bay on one side and the ocean on the other. It's beautiful. Uh, it sounds lousy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and when I say I'm an hour outside of Chicago, it doesn't have quite that you know, panoramic <laughs> view. So, <laughs> but anyway, thank you for, for joining us today. And, you know, to get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're up to and what your team's up to uh, down there in Australia? Sure. So my business is called The Content Coach and what I do is I help raise the visibility of entrepreneurs and small business owners through using the art of storytelling. And so I do that in a number of ways. I, I, my business actually began 10 years ago with copywriting as its primary service. I've got a very long history in digital marketing over 25 years and makes me sound really old, but I did start young. Um, (laughs) And so then when I I started, um, I was made redundant actually from a business I'd worked with, which is one of the most successful online businesses in Australia called realestate.com.au. So classifieds business. And I worked for them for a decade and, um, When I was made redundant from them, I actually started my own business, as I said, in copywriting because it was something I could do standing on my head. I had two young children at the time, um, or a baby and and a toddler, and, you know, I could do copywriting at any time of the day. 
and I loved it and I was great at it and my clients really enjoyed the output. But after a while, I kept getting this feeling that there was more, that I had to, to leverage my expertise better and, and leverage my time better. And at the same time, I was getting feedback from clients saying, look, love what you do, but at four in the morning when I've got a great idea, I can't call you. And by the time I can call you, it's kind of gone. So can you teach me what you do? So it was a perfect sort of synchronicity. I wanted more, they wanted more. And so the content coach was born. And that was really where I said, okay, well, this is how I do what I do. And everybody does it a little bit differently, but I'm going to teach you how to harness your natural writing voice and how to use that in all sorts of different ways in your marketing to improve and grow your visibility and obviously therefore improve your business. So I do that by coaching one-on-one and also doing group programs and I also run retreats and more recently, um, the last sort of two years, added book coaching to the, uh, the string of services that I offer. So when someone has kind of got their marketing humming along and they've got a slightly more mature business and they get to that point where they're really ready to share much more broadly, you know, and step up and write a book, I help them through that process too. So it's a, it's a great variety of things that I do, but it really is all around uncovering your natural voice and being able to trust that that is good enough that you know enough and, you know, then how do you put that into pieces of marketing across all sorts of different platforms, so social media, email marketing, website, et cetera, and, and really make that compelling and engaging so much that, that people just can't help but want to work with you. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And it's, <laughs> it doesn't sound like you have a lot of free time with, with everything that, uh, that <laughs> no. you're covering. But, you know, I, and that's the reason I wanted to have you on the show is we've we one of my previous guests a couple of weeks ago now, Bill Bice, who's CEO of a company called Boom Time. And what they do is provide content marketing support for any types of businesses, but it's really the, the small to mid size that are really trying to start to produce relative content, not just content for content's sake. And, you know, definitely here in the States, I think, you know, I'm a big advocate for the content marketing is, you know, being able to tell your story. Then when I heard your interview talking about the power of storytelling, you know, that's why I wanted to bring you on here that, you know, we've, we've touched and covered some on the content, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I'd love to maybe jump off and, you know, you talked about sort of define what it is and why is it so important for entrepreneurs and really anybody to, to be able to develop this skill. Sure. So storytelling is something, you know, it's not new (laughs) and it's become a bit of a buzz in marketing circles over the last few years, certainly here in Australia, probably the last three or so years, everybody's talking about storytelling and leadership and storytelling and marketing. It's not a new form of of art. It is something that is as primal and primitive, uh, you know, as caveman. It, It began around the campfire. And so as human beings, we're actually hardwired to react and relate to stories. And the reason for that is that what actually happens from a physiological perspective when someone tells you a story is that you either relate or you don't. Now, when you relate, what happens is that you start to see yourself 
in that story. You picture yourself as the character. You have, you know, you build empathy with them and with that empathy you start, there's a process called neural coupling where you actually start to say, oh, yeah, this is me, this is me, it sounds like me, and you have a physical reaction to that story. And a good example might be, you know, you're watching a James Bond movie, he's on the, the roof of the train with, um, with the bad guy and they're just about to go through that tunnel and are they going to be able to duck down in time or are their heads going to go flying off? And, what you know, what you actually do is you lean forward, you're nervous for them, you start to get sweaty palms, you might get prickling under the arms and you actually have a physical reaction to that story because you're, you're nervous for them or you're excited for them or whatever the reaction should be. And that process is so powerful in terms of creating engagement. You're not worrying about the shopping list. You're not thinking about, you know, where you have to take the kids after school tomorrow. You're in that moment. And that really is the power of telling a great story. And it's wonderful around a campfire and it's wonderful at the bar with some mates, but it's also super powerful in your marketing as a business owner because you want your prospects, your readers, your viewers to be in that moment with you. You want them to engage. You want them to see themselves as the customer, the the prospect, the person that you can help transform. And if they can't see themselves, then that's okay too. They, they just check out and they're not your customer. And that's wonderful. So what you're trying to do with storytelling in effect is to divide that audience into those who you can help and who want to be helped by you and those who don't. And equally, you know, the, the responses are valid because you don't want to be working with people who are kind of umming and ahhing or maybe never going to be your kind of customer. Right. So, yeah, that, that storytelling piece is something that, you know, the good news is that we're actually all naturally pretty good at it. We tell stories to our kids. We were told stories as children. We might be scout leaders, you know, community leaders. We're telling stories all the time. And it's just about trusting that when you've got your business hat on, that you're still able to use that same art form and just get a bit perhaps more scientific about the stories that you're telling and use that to attract people to you. Wow. That's, there's so much good information in that. And it was, it was funny, even just kind of the start of that, when you were just glossing over the story, I could actually visualize the two people on the top of the train heading towards the, the tunnel. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. And I'm also really glad to hear that we all have it naturally in us because I don't feel that that's a natural tendency for me. So I'm, we yeah. can get to how people can, can maybe approach it. But, you know, cool. as I was thinking, as you were speaking, so if, if I'm a, a business owner and I'm thinking, storytelling and I'm sure you would recommend multiple stories but at the company level the product level you know the experience level just really to help communicate you know what what the company's about is that a, a fair way of thinking about it yeah look i i mostly work with small businesses because i love when the business owner is the brand and you know they're really then able to tap into this storytelling piece but equally company companies like nike and apple are built on storytelling right so from a sort of a smaller business perspective there's there's something i call the core story 
And the core story is really that story of you. You know, that's the, the why are you doing what you're doing? What's the purpose that you're fulfilling here for yourself and for others? You know, how have you come to have the value set that you have and how that's imbued into the work that you do? So all of that sort of stuff is that real core story and you can drip feed that out over time through social media, through the things that you do. And the reason to do that is not just to let people know who you are and why, you know, why you're doing what you're doing because that can get a bit dull or boring after a while once you know it. But the reason to do that is to continuously demonstrate the values that you have. Because when you're delivering those values consistently, you are people will identify with those. And when they identify with them and you have shared values, that is where brand loyalty begins. So you must have shared values with a brand or a, you know, a person who represents a brand to start feeling like you're going to become their customer and stay their customer and recommend them. And that is that brand loyalty. So the shared values really equals that loyalty. And in telling your core story, that's how you can keep demonstrating that. And then there are other stories, of course, throughout the business, which are going to be more around the transformation that you can create for others once they engage with your service or product. And that's when you're basically using other people's stories to sell your stuff. And as we know, reviews and ratings and things are so powerful. You know, when you can get others to sell you, it's a whole lot easier than having to sell yourself the whole time. Yeah, that's very true. So having almost having your customers tell your story for you. Correct. It's the same story, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, but you know, those stories can be, can be the, the wins. They can also be the failures. You know, there's nothing wrong with sharing stories where things didn't work out um, because there's, there's a lot of value in those as well. And then, you know, having others be able to definitely share stories for you is super, super powerful. And, you know, there's, there's stories in every moment. And I have a, a technique that I, I teach to clients, which is I, I termed the everyday storytelling technique. And it's really about turning every little moment in the day into something that's valuable for your audience. And it can be simply the exchange you have with your barista in the morning, or it can be some conversation you have with a mum at the school gate. And there is always a way when you're very aware of the value that you deliver through your business, and you're very aware of this sort of storytelling piece, you can find a teachable moment in every little exchange throughout the day. And the reason that I developed that technique and teach it is because I kept hearing from people, oh, look, I've told my story a couple of times and I'm kind of done with that. Now what? I I don't know what to keep talking about. You know, I'm running out of things to say. But there is always something to say, in my opinion. And that, that being able to take everyday moments and turn them into valuable little insights for your clients and your prospects is such a gem it's such a a golden you know opportunity to have a conversation with people yeah that's really really interesting and it sounds for somebody that hasn't done it yeah it's i don't want to say it sounds intimidating but it sounds like wow that's completely different the way i've i've approached it is there a 
I'm saying easier way. Is there a way to think about it so it doesn't sound so uh, so intimidating <laughs> to, to to make this shift? Yeah, I guess one of the you know the foundational pieces is really to understand what value you do deliver. So whilst I teach you know, digital marketing and storytelling and content creation. That's what I teach and that's what my people pay me for, or so they think. What mm-hmm. I actually <laughs> what I actually deliver is confidence, freedom, and flexibility. Because I teach efficiency of content creation so that you're not beholden to your laptop every day going, oh my God, what am I going to write? You know, the values in my business are all about freedom and flexibility because I work my business around a very busy family life and I've got a million other things. I'm on a board and all sorts of things that I do. But a long time ago, I knew I wanted to harness the power of technology and be able to work anywhere from a beach or the top of a mountain. And that's exactly what I do. And so really when people are buying into me, they're buying the skill set that will then allow them to apply that to their business, which will allow them to also have a flexible work-life balance and, and more freedom in their business and more confidence that they do actually know enough stuff to be able to be selling what they do. So back to your question, I think that the real bottom line is you need to actually know what you're selling not the nuts and bolts and features of your product or your service, but what is the outcome of that? And when you can nail that, then you can start to find in all those conversations and those everyday moments examples of that. And so I talk about all of those things you know, if I'm at the dog park and I've, someone's talking about what, you know, oh, my God, I've got to go to work today and I hate clocking in and da da da, da. And so I'd use that to talk about, well, there are other ways. There's other ways to structure your life or other ways to structure your business. So that's, that's really what I would suggest is the sort of basis of this stuff is to be very, very clear what you are actually offering to the world and why you're offering it. And then you will find examples of that. When you start to open your eyes to it, you'll find examples everywhere. Yeah, it's so, so true and, and so good, right? I, as you were speaking, I'm thinking about, yeah, with my business, what do I do? It's, you know, helping the entrepreneurs grow, but it's, it's a step further than that, right? It's the yeah. freedom to get their lifestyle the way they want to. You know, I've got somebody that, you know, wants to take the month of August off every year, right? So it's mm-hmm. the freedom and, and the flexibility. So that's a, a great point Absolutely. I had. Absolutely didn't think of it that way. I'm thinking, oh, well, they're going to make their money and they can go do what they want. But if you were saying, if you can connect the dots to one step further, then your stories are going to be that much more powerful. Yes. The best thing you can do is keep asking yourself why. why. Why is that important? Why am I doing that for people? Why is that, you know, why is more money important for them? Is it so they can see it in their bank account or is it what that money can buy them? And why is that important? And if you keep digging, you'll really get to the nuts and bolts of it. Interesting. Interesting. And do you think that that storytelling today is a competitive advantage? And the only reason I asked that I came from the last corporate role was in a digital agency where we were basically what we were selling is Facebook ads and, you know, Google, you know, Google search. And Mm -hmm. 
you know, a lot of that, I think, was go back to your copywriting, right? You could get away with, you know, the features and benefits and we'll save you money and time. But I've noticed just in the last two years, the the lack of effectiveness of that. And I don't think a lot of people have made the pivot to away from that. And, you know, businesses continue to struggle. And I'm sure there's other reasons mm-hmm. for it. But do you see the, the storytelling as a... Competitive advantage. I love your perspective. I see it from what you've explained, but I'd love to get your perspective on that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, there's 100% a place for great copywriting. So, copywriting is all about getting the reader to take action. And the place for that is in, you know, is on billboards, in advertising material, that sort of thing. And there's, that's, there's, you know, definitely still a place for that. But that's a super challenging skill set for non-writers to just suddenly be good at. You know, it's a real, it's a career. It's a real job. It's not just, oh yeah, I'll just add it to the list of things I have to do in my business and be good at it. Right. Um, yeah, like it's hard. So it's about using less words and making it more effective. So that's copywriting. But content creation is something that I actually truly believe more people can get a handle on. And the difference with content versus sort of copywriting, and it sounds like I'm splitting hairs, but it's really not. Content is more the long-form storytelling stuff. And that's going to be in your about page on your website. It's going to be in every one of your social media bios. It's going to be in your blogging, really, really importantly. And blogging is not dead, in my opinion. (laughs) So, you know, it's going to be in your blogging. It's going to be in your podcasts. It's going to be in any of your sort of video marketing that you do. You must, you know, you must be able to stand out in this modern digital business world. It is so noisy online. And unless you are incredibly lucky to invent something brand new, which I don't know that that's happening that often these days. I don't think um, so. Yeah. You know, I mean, how many squillions of business coaches are there? How many marketing coaches? How many physical trainers are there? So what is it that makes you unique? Well, it's the way that you deliver your service. It's the value set that you bring to that. It's the way that you communicate with people. It's the way that you, you know, look after people. And so all of those things can only really be communicated via lots and lots of conversations. And those conversations can happen in written form or in audio or in video form. And the conversations can't just be, here's the thing I do, I've got this qualification, you know, I've got a special on, come now. Those conversations have to be far more interesting than that and they've got to be in your unique voice so that people know what they're buying into. Yeah, that makes a, makes a lot of sense. And I, I still run into a lot of businesses that have the approach of, um, well, we're, our value prop is we're 30% cheaper. And it's probably a race to the bottom if your differentiation is, is going to be on, on price. Because to your yeah. point, if somebody invents something new this day and age, how quickly is it till somebody has something very similar to that and you're then oh, yeah. back to competing on price or features and benefits? And you know, the one of yeah. the things I, I do believe is the folks that can get out in front of that and tell, you know, I, didn't, I hadn't thought about it, the storytelling as being part of the differentiation, but if you can be different is, you know, better than better, unless you're dramatically better that, you know, I think this is, this just makes 
so much more sense. Um, yeah, I think there's a really interesting piece in there too about congruency, which I'm you know a huge advocate for. And this is the challenge in the online space is that a lot of people, you know, as we know, there's we're filter mad and we're all pretending to be someone else online. And I think that is where we can use storytelling to actually say, you know what, actually this is really me and to step away from the fakery so that when someone has followed you or stalked you online for two years possibly, they've been reading your emails, they've been following your blogs, they've been, you know, watching you on social media, then they finally decide to buy from you. When they meet you, maybe in person, maybe online, you know, you have to be the same person. You have to be the same person. There has to be congruency there. Otherwise, you know, their mind is just going to switch into confusion and go, "Uh -uh, I'm out of here. So if you aren't consistently having conversations online and through any of your forms of marketing that are genuine, authentic, you know, really, really you talking about all different aspects of you, when someone actually finally does decide to buy from you and engage with you and work with you, they're going to find that, oh, maybe she's not really the woman I thought she was or the guy I thought, you know, he was. And that's going to feel very awkward and very clunky for them. So, yeah. you know, that, that congruency piece is super important. It's that I like that too, because the, the trust factor, right? You're building trust and, you know, everything's a longer tail game that you're, you're building out for the long term. That's what your content's doing, your conversations. And as soon as something's uh, congruency is a great word for it, you know, is not in alignment anymore. It's going to be very quick for somebody to dismiss you and move on to the next, you know, yeah. called flavor of the month, but onto somebody else because they no longer yes. have that trust. And once you lose the trust, it's really hard to get it back. Oh yeah. And you know, people talk, So it won't just be one person you lose. You'll lose a lot of people. And, you know, I've had this experience myself years ago when I first started the business and I was looking for a coach. I followed somebody online and she was fabulous. She was an absolute rock star. And then when I met her in person, I probably had followed her for a good nine to 12 months and consumed all of her stuff. Then when I met her, she was so not that. And it really me and I was like, yeah. and I was, I was ready to shell out thousands to her. And I was like, Oh no, no, because I didn't want that. I didn't want her teaching me. And my immediate assumption was, okay, hang on. If she's that sort of frumpy thing offline and then online, she's this superstar. Is she going to try and make me do that? I can't do that. You know, I'm, I'm, I did acting many years ago, but I'm not, I don't want to act in my business. <laughs> I want this to be me, right? Exactly. And, um, yeah, and so that was really key for me when, and that was a real wake-up call for me. And even though I've been in the online space a really long time, you know, the advent of social media has really flipped all this stuff on its head and anybody can be a rock star. And, you know, I just thought, oh, no, that's exactly what I don't want. And, you know, I happened to mention it to a couple of people, not bitching about it, but other people had said, oh, I know that you've been following so-and-so and, you know, what do you think? Do you want to work with them? Because I'm thinking of it and I'm like, well, this was my experience. So she lost more than just me. Yeah, word of and, mouth is so powerful. Yeah, and it's you just got to be super, super careful with that. Yeah, just a little bit off topic, just 
because of your knowledge. I'm just curious your 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 perspective on the so-called influencers today, which mm. kind of drives me crazy because how can somebody that's 22 years of old have any concept of <laughs> right uh-huh. what's really powerful or good? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I wonder where I do you know. fall into that camp? Oh, look, and I get into a bit of trouble when I have these conversations because it depends which camp you're in. I, I really struggle sort of with the, the influencer thing for that reason because I, I find that, you know, it's similar to when someone who's 21 decides to be a life coach. I'm sorry, but you haven't lived life yet and I'm, I'm not sure that I'm going to come to you, maybe, you know, as a 45-year-old woman to get your advice. I just, I really struggle with that. And I know that some people say, oh, no, but you can learn the skills and you don't have to have done it. And I'm like, yeah, I think experience counts for a lot. So with the influencer thing, look, I think for consumable products such as makeup and clothing and, you know, that sort of thing, I think there is some validity in having people endorse what you do or what you're offering. But I think that it's really challenging for those young souls to add anything except a pretty face, and I'm going out on a limb here, but, you know, really add much except a pretty face to that experience because, you know, trying a lipstick on for five minutes and saying, yeah, it's great and it's this and it's that and you've got to come then and read my book now and do all these things. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't know about that. (laughs) It does not feel genuine to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it's just a, a fad or becomes a piece of it, right? Because there is, it's in a, you know, kind of a stretch that it's a, um, a reference or, you know, a referral site type of a, or not a ratings type of site, you know, in the yeah. B2B world, you get like G2 crowd that's starting to grow where it's self-rated and this mm. is an influencer that's rating it. I'd rather hear from 50 people than, you know, one person on TV yeah. that's telling me that it's great. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, why not just go and, you know, advertise it? Like just be really, really upfront and say that this is an ad for this thing. You know, I just, I find it a little bit shady because it's it's kind of masquerading as as a genuine story about this person really genuinely loves this product and has used it for ages and does a, when in fact we know that they really haven't. They've just been sent it the morning off and <laughs> did a video blog on it. So, right. yeah, I I think there's some challenges around that space. Well, and I'm hoping too that the the world's going to catch up. We seem to catch up on different things, right? So this is a fad. Everybody's doing it. And now everybody growing up wants to be an influencer, but then the world's going to get tired of the influencers and they're, to move on yeah. to the next, you know, flavor yeah. of the <laughs> month, which is probably a good segue back into what we were, <laughs> we were talking about on the, the content. Because, you know, one of the, the things I've been a big fan or big advocate of is kind of the no-hack approach to what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, build foundational businesses. Some things aren't going to mm-hmm. change. Now, there's some things you low-hanging fruit, quick wins, things to get things jump-started. But you really need to take, you know, kind of what you've been talking about with the business. Build the story. Be you. Be your voice. Um, so if I flip it back to, you know, the entrepreneurs who are definitely now interested in, in this, is there a, a simple way we can't talk about getting, getting started? So what's, what's the mm-hmm. best way you, you've convinced me I've been putting out some content, <laughs> haven't really incorporated stories. Is there a, um, without giving away your trade secrets, of course, <laughs> um, a way to approach it? Yeah. Look, I, as I suggested before, I think really getting back to the value set of your business is a great place to start. And 
ask yourself really dig deep what how am I transforming people you know if I'm selling them this widget and that's my business that's the revenue stream what is that actually doing for the, that person's life what is it doing for their business and if it's doing that for their business what does that actually mean for their relationships and what does that mean and what does that mean and keep digging to really find the the essence of what you're offering and when you found that essence then you can start to really find examples to demonstrate that in a whole range of different places. And you can start by, you know, if you have a blog, then blogging is a fabulous place to explore these ideas. People still do read blogs. And importantly, a blog is a great way to get, you know, a good thousand words out around a topic that you know about or that you're exploring. And then you can repurpose that for your social media. So out of one 800 to 1,000 word blog, I can show you how to get 20 pieces of social content. And so from that, then you're saying, okay, well, this month I'm exploring freedom, for instance, and I'm going to write a blog about that and about how this is, you know, can be incorporated into your life or you can explore it through the sort of things that we do together. And then for that month, you're also going to be putting out 20-odd pieces of social content relating to that same topic and driving people back to your blog. And your blog resides on your website and what else is on your website, the ability to interact, engage and purchase from you. So in my opinion, you're really always trying to still get people back to your website. Social media is not a place to engage or sell as far as I'm concerned. It is just one of the little fingers that you put out there to... um, you know, to tickle people, to drive them back to home base, which is your website, because that's the place that you own. That's the space where the content is all yours and you're in control of collecting people's personal information. You're in control of turning the switch on and off. You know, if Zuckerberg decides tomorrow that he's had enough, he flicks it off. Who cares if we've got 10,000 followers you know, we're screwed, they're gone. So, you know, I think thinking back to sort of basics with your, your online presence, you know, what is your website looking like? Are you talking in the longer form content way through something like blogging with people, you know, and then how can you repurpose that content and send it out through other places such as social to drive people back to the bigger conversation that you can have with them? Interesting. Yeah, that makes it makes a lot of sense. I'm just, like I said, ramping up some of my blogging and how to make sure I'm incorporating the the storytelling within, even if I'm yeah. talking about process piece or something that's could yeah. be a little bit more boring, but make sure that there's either an example or a story that ties back to that specific, right? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. There's always a case study you can bring in. There's always a little moment that you can use to illustrate, which has, you know, a bit more of the human touch in it because process and all that stuff is so important and people want to hear it, but they're going to remember it better if they remember that you helped, you know, Tommy down the road with X sort of business who was having this challenge, get through this process and now look where he's, you know, where he is. And what they'll remember is Tommy and the challenge he had, not the actual process, but by default, the process will become part of the story. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And it was funny, I was having a, an online back and forth with uh, somebody who's a consultant um, and helping business coaches, you know, get more, more business. And we, he was talking about, you know, the outcome that people 
entrepreneurs in this case don't necessarily care about your secret processes better than others. They want to hear, you know, that you can deliver the outcomes. And then after a conversation today, I'm thinking that should have been one step further, the outcomes that then lead to what for that person. So um, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, um, it's really such a, it's a shift of mindset around, I don't, you know, stop telling people what you do and instead offer them what that means for them. You know, it's back to the old whiff and what's in it for me. We're all egocentric when we're searching for something. We're all about, okay, I want the best restaurant in this area or I want the cheapest pair of trainers or I want, you know, the best coach for me. So it's all about what's in it for your reader. It has to be. And that's sort of basic marketing 101 really. But I think along the way we got so noisy because social media has allowed us all to suddenly become publishers. You know, we're all, we're all publishers now. And that we never had that mouthpiece before. But what's come with that is this shouting at everybody, look at me, look at me, look at what I do. And instead we should be getting back to, hey, there's this thing that I do, but this is what it's going to mean for you. And, you know, if you want to come along for the ride, this is kind of how I deliver it and why I deliver it that way. And if that suits your style, then great. Let's, let's do it together. Yeah. Fantastic. And so true with the noise. (laughs) Everybody is screaming from the mountaintops. Everybody's got the next best thing. And, you know, I, I, that's why, again, I really even selfishly wanted to have you on the show to learn more about how, how we can do it. I know if it's important to me, it's going to be important to a lot of different folks as well. I know we're getting kind of low on time and would really appreciate the insights today. Is there anything else you'd want to leave with our, our business owners and founders as they're thinking about content and story? Sure. Look, I, I really urge you to, you know, give yourself a pat on the back, A, for being in business because it's not easy, but B, to be able to be confident that you do know enough and that you can say it well enough. It's one of the biggest pushbacks I get from people saying, I know I've got to create content, Joe, but I'm not a writer. Now, I'm not teaching you and I don't want you to be a fiction writer or a JK Rowling, you know, that's not what we're after here. What I'm so interested in is you building up that muscle, that, that content creation muscle that allows you to just say what you're thinking and write it in the way that you speak. And that's what I really advocate for is to write the way that you speak because it's your voice, it's your natural voice and it's your unique identifier. None of us speak the same. And if you can build confidence around that and know that you do know enough and that you're, you know, people will be willing to listen if you tell them in your own unique perspective and you know, when you continue to do that and you do it repeatedly and you learn to do it really efficiently, you really will see the impact that it has on your business. Um, and a very small, quick example was this on, on Sunday, I spoke at an event for an, um, an email automation company in Melbourne. And, uh, he called me about six weeks ago and said, hey, I'm having this weekend event for my existing customers. I really want someone to talk about 
content creation and copywriting and storytelling and I thought you'd be great. And I have never heard of this company, never heard of him. We're not connected on social media. I'm like, really? Just how did you, how did you find me? Cause I thought maybe someone had referred me and, uh, he said, I've just been following you and consuming your content for about 12 months. And I went, wow. You know? And I said, well, there you go. There's the example. That's the proof in the pudding. And then I got a speaking gig out of it. And I'm like, you know, that's really cool. And yet he hadn't connected as such, but he'd been consuming my, my blog and reading a lot of my social stuff. So, you know, if you just keep at it, it is not a short game. You don't write a blog and get a customer. You know, it doesn't right. happen. <laughs> we, we wish we could, <laughs> but yeah. I wish we could. But yeah, it is a medium term game, but it's, it's a consistent game. And if you can do nothing else, you will beat your competitors. If we put it down to you'll beat them. If you consistently put out genuine, authentic, valuable content week in, week out, month in, month out, you will beat them. Man, that's so true and such such great advice and great story, I think, to to leave it on that. Um, but before I let you go, I did want to, you know, close out with what we call our closing time questions. Gives a chance the audience to get to know you a little bit. I think you sure. presented yourself already a good idea who you are, but the first question, what is one thing that you would highly recommend? Okay. I highly recommend getting professional movers when you move house. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. (laughs) I moved house last week and, you know, 12 years in one home, two kids, three animals and a business. And it was the most hectic day of my life. Um, And it's been epic, but we had amazing removalists and I praise Lord that (laughs) that we spend the money on them. I thought at first you're going to tell me that you did it yourself. I'm like, oh no, no, you wouldn't be here today. I don't think if that was the case. No, no, I'd be a crumpled mess in the corner. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. We we moved quite a bit. We've been in this house now 18 years, so I can't imagine when we we downsize or move out how much it's going to be. But yeah, yeah it's <laughs> we tried to pack ourselves the first time, and then after that, there's there's no way. Not if you want no. to stay sane. No, it's a nightmare. I just said they're taking me out of here in a box or burying me in the backyard. I'm not doing this. <laughs> uh, and I am a big believer in outsourcing, right? There's back to your yeah. time question. Oh, so, yes. uh, yeah. And then last but not least, um, and for our last call, if you could only have one more beverage, what would it be? Oh, have to be an Aperol Spritz. What, what was that? <laughs> An Aperol Spritz, a beautiful Italian cocktail. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We were, we were initially at the start of last year and, um, I mean, I'd had them here before, but there's nothing quite like it on a, a hot Tuscan evening. Uh, a beautiful, it's bubbly and it's delicious. It's gorgeous. <laughs> See, that story took me there too as I'm thinking. Absolutely. Of- <laughs> it's 38 degrees here with the rain coming down and 50 oh, mile in the winds tomorrow. So I'm like, yeah, I could, I could oh, see that. <laughs> you need to go to Tuscany. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, Joe, thank you very, very much for your time. This was, you know, highly enlightening. You're I gained well. a lot of value out of this. I'm sure our listeners gained a lot of value out of this. And if any of our audience wants to learn more about you or connect with you, what's the, the best way to do it? Sure. Uh, probably my website, uh, thecontentcoach.com.au. Otherwise, I'm on Facebook as The Content Coach, LinkedIn as Joe Johnson, um, and Instagram as The Content Coach. 
Okay. I'll make sure we add all of those to the show notes so people can find you. Uh, thank again, you. thank you, Joe. Have a, have a great rest of your day. I will. Thanks so much, Britt. All right. Take care. Bye. You've been listening to Hardwired for Growth. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player or visit brettrainer.com. That's B-R-E-T-T, followed by his last name, T-R-A-I-N-O-R.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.